I grew up Catholic, very Catholic. My husband, Steve, and I met in a Catholic retreat group as young adults, got married in the Catholic church, sent our two daughters to Catholic school. So in 2007, back when Barack Obama was still a junior senator from Illinois, and before Wellsprings held its very first service, our family was still very active in the Catholic Church. The girls who were 9 and 11 had moved to public school, but they were still attending weekly CCB classes. I was a regular lector at Mass, and Steve was a Eucharistic minister. And I felt like there was a fire burning within me. It had been burning for years. I felt it when I'd listened to a sermon at Mass that highlighted values I didn't share. Sometimes I'd find myself squeezing Steve's hand in silent protest. I felt it when we recited the creed, a listing of all the things I supposedly believed without question. Except I didn't believe all of it. And I did have questions. Or when I secretly hoped that one day my girls would grow up and be brave enough to choose a different path. I wasn't raising them Catholic because Catholicism deeply resonated with me. I was doing it because it was easy, because it was expected, because the thought of deviating and disappointing my parents and my in-laws and my husband were just too overwhelming. And it was getting harder and harder to reconcile who I knew I was with who Catholicism was calling me to be. I realized that if I wanted my children to grow up to be brave, I had to start setting a good example. A friend of mine had recently joined a UU church, and I was intrigued. I wondered if it might be a better fit for me. So in 2007, I finally decided to visit my local UU fellowship. No commitment. I was just going to visit. And I was hooked from the very beginning of that very first service, which started with these words. Whoever you are, whatever you believe, whomever you love, let's worship together this hour. Wow, this Catholic girl had never heard that before. Whoever you are, whatever you believe, whomever you love, let's worship together this hour. I was home. When I look back on all the decisions I've made in my life, the decision to walk into that service was one of the most difficult and most rewarding. In our current message series, Called to Be, 
we're taking a closer look at the recharged DNA that our congregation, led by the Spiritual Development Ministry, worked on over the last year. These documents can be found on the table in the back if you haven't seen them yet. On one side of the document are the things we agreed that we believe in. This is not a creed like the one from the Catholic Church that made me uncomfortable all those years ago. Wasn't handed down. We created this. And we will never recite it every week like a pledge. On the other side are the things we commit to as a congregation. For me, this is where the title of the message series, Called to Be, really resonates. We are not saying that we are doing any of these things perfectly, but that this is who we want to be. Both as we grow into our future, but also right now, the best version of ourselves as a congregation. I'm speaking today about our commitment to honor our relationships, a new commitment that emerged during the recharge process. It states, we will be accountable to each other and will treat each other with respect, kindness, and compassion. We will receive, give, and share gratitude and recognition eagerly. We will acknowledge that conflict is necessary for authentic relationship, and we will work through conflict with honesty, empathy, and openness. Makes sense. Show of hands. How many of you think it's a good idea to treat each other with respect? Kindness? How about compassion? How many of you recognize that conflict in relationship is inevitable? Think it's a good idea to work through it with honesty, empathy, and openness? Yeah, me too. In fact, as I read through this commitment, it reminded me of a poster I've seen about a million times. Have you seen this? All I really need to know, I learned in kindergarten. This poster actually came from a book by Robert Fulgham. He writes, the kindergarten credo is not kid stuff. It is not simple. It is elemental. Once we are told about these things, we soon discover we are taking a lab course. We are going to be asked to try and practice these precepts every day. Knowledge is meaningful only if it is reflected in action. The human race has found out the hard way that we are what we do, not just what we think. This is true for kids and adults, for schoolrooms and nations. So show of hands again, how many of us have ever been disrespectful? Unkind? Lacking in compassion? How many of us have worked through conflict in 
unhealthy ways. Yeah, me too. Honoring our relationships takes practice. It takes more than just words. The commitments on this sheet of paper are a call to action, to practice good behaviors with one another, to seek to continuously live up to who we are called to be as individuals and as a congregation. That means reaching out and connecting, even when we disagree, especially when we disagree. It means speaking with respect and honesty about our disagreements. It means resisting the urge to complain to a third person about the conflict we're having. And it also means being open and honest about our capacity and our needs. Looking back, I wasn't doing that at my old church. I got involved right away. Within a year or so, I was on the board of trustees, and a year later, I was the treasurer. The fellowship was in the midst of a difficult transition and was struggling financially. Volunteers were hard to find. I felt like I was an indispensable part of the leadership of that church. Indispensable. I found myself stressed out trying to ensure that that place survived and feeling like it was a losing battle. Worse, I felt like my own spiritual needs were not being met. That my relationship with this congregation was draining instead of filling me. And I slowly came to the realization that my spiritual health had to be my priority. This is Glennon Doyle. I was reminded recently of the need to prioritize our spiritual health when I listened to her on a podcast. In 2016, Glennon was about to launch her newest memoir called Love Warrior, a book that was being plugged as a story about the redemption of her marriage after her husband was repeatedly unfaithful. If you read it, and a few of us did in a springboard with Reverend Lee back when it came out, it's actually not really about her marriage. It's more about how she evolved as a woman. But a book about marriage redemption is how it was being billed. While preparing to promote the book, Glennon met soccer star Abby Wambach, And the feelings that she was developing for Abby led her to understand that her marriage was really over. As she puts it, she couldn't pretend anymore that that thing she was in was love. She told her editor and her agent that she was going to get a divorce, and you can imagine they freaked out. They said, no one is going to buy a book about the redemption of a marriage from someone who is getting a divorce. It's career suicide. And Glennon, who was practicing being authentic, said, then I choose career suicide. 
because the other way is soul suicide. Glennon told her truth. She announced her divorce. And Love Warrior turned out to be a bestseller. Her story reminded me of my own. Back in 2011, I realized that if I had to choose between feeding my soul and the survival of that church that had been such an important part of my journey, I had to pick my soul. So I joined Wellsprings. I was cautious. I was burnt out and ready to be selfish for a little while. I gave less, less of my time and energy, and less of my money. I never wanted to feel responsible for the health and viability of a congregation again. And Wellsprings met me where I was. I was treated with respect, kindness, and compassion. I am so grateful that no one pressured me to give more. If anyone had, I probably would not have stayed. To be clear, I am not saying that my old church sucked and Wellsprings is perfect. I am the one who had to work on relationships and on how I engaged with my church. And it turns out I wasn't actually indispensable. That church is still carrying on. I don't know the details of their finances anymore, but I know they recently called a new minister, and I know they continue to attract new members. Clearly, people seem to be getting their needs met there. And yes, Wellsprings isn't perfect, but in my opinion, Wellsprings is pretty special. We create a culture here where working on being better versions of ourselves is nurtured and celebrated. When I mention a conflict I'm having to Reverend Ken or Reverend Lee, they gently encourage me to speak directly to that person. So when, as a board member, someone shares an issue they're having with one of our ministers, it has become automatic for me to encourage them to reach out and discuss their issue directly with the minister. And because of our culture, I am confident that our ministers will approach that conversation with grace. And they do. These aren't just words on a page. We are honoring our relationships. And when we make mistakes, we're learning to do better the next time. So, now, Wellsprings is in transition. A lot of this feels familiar. Our future is uncertain. I'm treasurer of the board of trustees. I'm worried about our finances. And I want to do things differently this time. The good news is that my own spiritual needs are definitely being met. And the other leaders and I have been trying to be honest and open about this place we find ourselves today. When I first joined the board, I was shocked that our financial position was a source of concern. I wondered why I as a member 
didn't know we were in such challenging times. Some of that, honestly, is that I wasn't paying attention. I was content to let other people worry about these things. And some of it is that it's tricky to share financial challenges with congregation members. No one wants to attend a church that is constantly talking about money and needing more of it. It's part of the reason I left my last church. If our financial position is bad and we're honest about that, we run the risk of driving people away. I think this is a place to continue to practice honesty and openness. For me, as a treasurer, to honor my relationship with all of you. The truth is that despite our best efforts, despite my best efforts, we have not solved our financial puzzle. Last year, we spent more than we took in. And giving is down this year over 5% less. It's nobody's fault. It's not because we didn't do a good enough job budgeting. It's not because any individual isn't being generous enough. There are lots of reasons that make sense, including some of our larger donors losing their jobs or leaving the congregation. And while no one is to blame, we can't keep going on like this. The truth is, we'll run out of money if we keep spending more than we bring in. You don't need to be a treasurer to know that. So the board, in relationship with the management and generosity and gratitude teams, has decided to ask for more information from you. Over the next four weeks, you'll have the opportunity to be honest and open with us about what your intention is for giving in the next fiscal year. Honestly, we need this information so we can plan. Remember when I said I was grateful that no one pressured me to give more when I first joined Wellsprings? I meant it. We are all at different stages of our relationship with Wellsprings. And I want you to know, you are welcome here. No matter how much you have to give or how much of that you choose to give, you are welcome here. And I'm also asking, please take some time to consider what your vision for the future of Wellsprings is. And as you provide information about what you plan to give, plan to give more. Help us continue to create an exciting, growing, vibrant Wellsprings. Oh, and I'm staying this time. Wellsprings is too important to me, too important to my own spiritual well-being. I value the relationships I am building here and the support I receive for continuing to honor and strengthen them. 
Relationships can be hard. The commitment at Wellsprings to honor our relationships allows me to practice good behaviors in a community of people who are trying to do the same. We're not always that lucky. I recently had a very difficult interaction with my boss, one that lasted for months. I did my best to approach that conflict in healthy ways and felt like it wasn't being reciprocated. Some days I did a better job of that than others, to be honest. And I always felt drained. And then I'd show up at a Wellsprings board meeting and remember that no matter how difficult the issue we faced as a board, and over the past few years, we've faced some pretty tough issues. I always leave those meetings feeling recharged, feeling better than I did when I walked in. That's the power of honoring our relationships. And I do understand that your experience at Wellsprings might be different. Maybe you've had an interaction that feels more like my, the one with my boss than the one with the board of trustees. The situation with my boss is better now. And the HR rep who was helping us thanked me more than once for my professionalism. Honoring our relationships even works when it feels like it's one-sided. But let's all commit to approaching our relationships here at Wellsprings with respect, kindness, compassion, authenticity, honesty, empathy, and openness. Amen. And may you live in blessing. Will you pray with me? Spirit within and among us, may we draw on our connection with your divine grace as we seek to honor and strengthen our relationships with one another. Amen.